You are listening to the Shifting Schools Podcast, episode 235. Welcome back to the Shifting Schools Podcast. My name is Trisha Friedman. On this episode, it's just me. Don't worry, Jeff is back next week. This is our third and final installment that deals with social media. This has been a three-part mini-series where we've been having conversations from very different perspectives about social media and how social media intersects with our world of education. So if you enjoyed today's episode, you might want to go back and listen to last week's and then the one before that to get the full picture on what we are unpacking when it comes to social media. On today, it's a joy to be speaking with Ana Maria Torres, who is an MYP design and BTEC creative media teacher at the International School of Zug and Luzern in Switzerland. Three things to be listening out for on this episode are, one, what kinds of conversations are we having with students about social media? How are we asking them to share their experiences of social media, what platforms they are experimenting with, with us? Two, how are we maybe experimenting with social media? We all have apps that we perhaps prefer. We talk about on this episode what it might mean actually to take some time away from an app in order to recalibrate how we use it. Three, the last thing to listen out for is that balance piece. How are we exploring our balance in terms of our relationship with our technology? And how are we also having that conversation and being really transparent with the learners in our lives to, again, model that to hopefully remind them that balance doesn't come easy. It's something that we need to work at. Um, and it's something that maybe we need to make a few adjustments in order to find. So the big shift for me that happens in this conversation is when Anna Maria is talking about social media not necessarily being always great and not necessarily being something that is always terrible. Um, but again, having some of those just easier conversations with students that Ask them what's popping up in their feed. Where are we seeing commonality? Um, I, I think, again, just touching in and reminding students that we are a person who they can talk to when it comes to social media engagement, balance, use, and um, that these tools are very nuanced, that the algorithm can be really good at keeping us online. So can we be critical in thinking about what it is that we want to be online for? And how is that a really important conversation for us to be having with friends, family, and of course, with those we teach? So hope you enjoy today's conversation with Anna Maria Torres. Thank you, Tricia. Before we get to today's conversation, a quick shout out to Play On Podcast. Play On Podcast creates epic audio adventures that reimagine Shakespeare's timeless tales featuring original music compositions and the voice of award-winning actors. Each episode explores plays from Macbeth to A Midsummer Night's Dream in a way that students can actually understand. Created specifically for the podcast form by some of America's most exciting playwrights, directors, and composers, and performed by Stage and Screen's Best. Look out for their new series, Measure for Measure, and hear Shakespeare like you've never heard it before. Also, be looking out for a special Play On podcast episode right here in your Shifting Schools feed later this week. 
You can subscribe to Play On Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I am so excited to be chatting today with Anna Maria, who has so much expertise, so much insight on so many different topics. We are focusing in today on social media. So can we just kind of kick things off with you talking about the different unique teaching roles that you've had in your career so far? Um, you know, again, you've, you've worked across so many different intersections, design, digital literacy. Can you talk a little bit about what you've done and what initially drew you into those fields? Yes. Well, um, thanks for having me. Uh, I, yeah, I actually, I did study electronic media when I was in university. Um, I think deep down inside, I always wanted to be kind of like a, an Oprah, but for <laughs> like for my own generation. But I studied electronic media and also Spanish. And I was a Spanish teacher. But when I moved to Singapore, I was given the opportunity to teach digital media. But it's, I think with a lot of things around media, because it's always changing, it's kind of really nebulous and people don't know what it is. So I was given a very uh, good opportunity to create the curriculum. And yeah, it first started kind of focusing easily on film, but it branched out into film um, photography and graphic design. And within all of those, it was a really great way to see how the best way to like share what the students made and connect with other people was through social media, because that's really how this generation really, or Gen Z, not, yeah, communicates. And I'm sure we'll touch upon this a lot. Um, I always, I really do like digital literacy. I think it makes, it's constantly changing. It's just really the way people communicate now. So I'm always trying to keep up with how it's done. But even I have moments where I think like, oh gosh, it's too much for me. <laughs> yeah, and it is, it's a lot to keep up with. And even, you know, the ecosystem within how a given platform or app operates, like it changes, right? I think about how Twitter is so different today mm -hmm. than it was even just like two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah. And then now you have stuff like Be Real, like my kids are really into that. And it's, I, I find it really interesting just the trajectory that social media takes where it's like, you know, it started out when you think about like Facebook or MySpace and it's just like showing your life and then things got really hyper, like everything had to be perfect and super filtered. And then now you see it going back into like keeping what's real and like literally be real is like, you have to take a picture of what is going on at that very moment. And so I, I like, I'd like to see where it's going. I hope it kind of stays in this, but we'll see. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that and how a lot of, you know, the content on TikTok that has lots and lots of views is also very authentic just in the moment yeah. stuff that's yes. not necessarily like highly produced. Um, thank you for, for pointing that out. Years back, you facilitated a learning to extended session about curating learning via social media. Yes. Can you talk to listeners now about where you're thinking on social media and, again, leveraging the idea of authentic audience is at now compared to a few years back? Oh, wow. I think I believe in it even more than I did before. I think, And it was interesting because if I look back at that presentation, it was a lot about like how to make things look first like really clean and you have your brand and you want to put it out there. And this is where you can share it. And now it's just more when I think about social media, it's like, this is where we should be looking for inspiration around the things that we're teaching, the stuff where we're talking about, how we're connecting with the students and where we want to share things. And personally, like I don't all, you know, so many schools have like a, a, a Twitter and they'll have an Instagram account and they have a Facebook. I'm like, why don't, and, and it's, it's like having a TikTok is like, that is, or Snapchat. That's how the kids 
communicate. And if you really want to reach out as well, like why wouldn't you invest the time and effort to learn that platform and utilize it? And so I, I, I think it really is the way in regards to getting in touch with those authentic audiences and also teaching students how to be good media communicators. Because while they're posting, it's not, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily good. It's just something that's like the way that they're choosing to communicate and they have to learn. So why not teach them? Absolutely. And, you know, again, I, I cannot really think of an industry where as a skill set, that's not going to have <clears throat> some type of connection. Um, I know you well enough to know that you are really incredible, incredibly just intentional when it comes to designing learning for your students. Could you talk to us about how social media, social media plays, you know, a part in your thinking process and how it influences the way in which you're constructing and co-constructing learning? Oh, that's, that's a really good question. I think it's, I, for me, like, I mean, social, first of all, it's just kind of like being relevant. I taught middle school for most of my career and now I'm teaching high school and it is social media is, does is what keeps you relevant. There's always some kind of a meme or some video going around and it's one where you can, it's just like a baseline level on like how you connect with the kids in the classroom. What are they using? What are they talking about? Did you see this? using a funny video or a song. I mean, I think of like the corn kid, right? Like it was, you just pop a video in and the kids start talking about it and they feel like you care about the things that they care about. But then when it comes into um, the curriculum that I'm making, I mean, I would definitely say I'm more of a lurker uh, on social media where I love to follow people and read what they're doing. I think that partly plays into like imposter syndrome, thinking I don't have anything worthwhile to share. But I think... Social media for sure has probably influenced my thinking and just making me aware of just like good practices of like of being like actually a good human. I one person that really comes to mind is my friend Omar Rashid, who he is now teaching um, in outside of Seattle, but he teaches uh, French and Spanish, and he's this amazing language teacher. But his whole focus right now is like decolonizing language, uh, like teaching language, and how you and. And it's just seeing his thought process and him being vulnerable and all the things that he can, it's stuff that he would talk about teaching Spanish, but it's one that I was like, oh, I I should also consider this in digital media. So it influences my thinking every day, all the time. Like, what am I going to cook? What am I going to teach? What am I, what do I want to wear today? So I very much am someone who has influenced a ton and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Well, and I'm glad that you brought up the the idea of being there and just lurking, which I think there is 100% nothing wrong with that, right? It's a little bit like eavesdropping on conversations that folks are trying to make accessible. Um, former guest who we've had on the show a few times, Tyler Rablin, is very, very vocal in that space. And I super appreciate he's sharing all the time how his thinking around assessment and feedback is evolving and often a little bit like in real time, he'll give an example of something that happened in his classroom that week that's that's shifted his thinking around, you know, the notion of averaging grades mm-hmm. and why that's harmful. Um, and it's it's really interesting to see the engagement with that. But he also goes meta sometimes and talks about how, um, you know, as educators, we need to not be piling on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I think, again, thinking about even just those boundaries we have with sharing, engaging, supporting and challenging, but remembering the work of education is extremely complex, nuanced and difficult. And as you said, sometimes social media doesn't always give the full picture yeah, of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do think advocating for just lurking, just listening is a, is a good thing in many different ways. So thanks for pointing that <laughs> yeah. out. Um, K- 
can you talk to us now about conversations you think schools need to consider having with students when it comes to understanding social media's influence, power, and presence in the lives of young folks? <clears throat> yes. Um, yeah. First, I always like to tell just a, a hope that the school that I'm working with or the people that I'm working with understand that the, your their phones and social media is not the enemy, right? It's like the tool. It is like, it is what, this is how they communicate in their lives. And obviously through the pandemic and everything, it's become much more of like a link for them and how they express themselves. And so I want the school or adults to understand that. But then for me, the conversations that I have with my students, it's just basically, you know, what is it exact? First of all, it's like, what is it that you want to share about yourself? Because it's like, once you put it out there, it's not yours anymore. And it's not saying that you should be super private, but it's just being thoughtful about what you're putting out there. And just because there's a screen there, it doesn't mean that you have to be the fakest or the worst human or et cetera. So it's just kind of there's still the same kind of things that we want students to be mindful of, like be a good person. But now it's just like, just because you have a screen doesn't mean that you, those rules don't apply to you anymore. It, this is just an extension of you. Um, understanding the social media's influence, it's, I think they've gotten a little bit better. I mean, this is maybe my perspective around understanding what's fake, you know, like the whole influencer culture. Like, and I think Gen Z has really, I think rallied against like, they're all about like almost hyper authentic and just, it's funny. I was showing like my Instagram to my 11th graders and they were like, Oh my God, you're such a millennial. Like everything looks so like nice. I was like, well, yeah. Like, why am I going to put up like a picture of me that doesn't look good? They're like, well, that's not really you. Like it's not your every day. You're just showing the best parts of your life. And that's not what social media is where I'm like, Oh, okay. It's really interesting. So, but at the same time, I'm like, people might look at your social media and if you're always showing, it's like, it's just finding the balance between something that is, can be a little bit more polished and, and also finding the balance that I think they're always on social media. They're really dependent on it, but then they almost forget how to communicate in real life. And so it's just taking time within the classroom to be like, these are communication skills. This is how you listen. This is how you apologize with your words, not your, not a text. So, yeah. 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 And I, I think that idea of our social relationships, our interpersonal relationships, they've almost become inseparable in many mm -hmm. ways from, uh, you know, again, the ways in which we are engaging with our social media. So I, I love you pointing that out. And I love that idea of just having the conversation around balance, right? Um, Sabrina Joy Stevens is an educator. She's an organizer and she works with um, different learning organizations around communications and rapid response. And I, I had the joy a while ago of interviewing her and she talked about social media because she works online. She's a very much like online life and that every time she kind of logs into a platform, she tries to approach it the same way she does her grocery shopping. So she tries to have like, this is my list. This is what I am on social media for today. Yes. Once I've got what I need, I'm out. Yeah. This is, um, yeah. And I, I totally understand what that is. And this might kind of lead into just talking about like the balance you have, like my own relationship with social media. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's the way to, you, it is. It's all about finding a balance because too much of everything is always, you know, not good for you. And as we are getting closer to holiday break, mm -hmm. um, you know, that can be a time, depending on personal preference, either to catch up on your feed or to take some time away from it. So what are some of your personal boundaries with social social media use? 
Um, and as an educator, how do you balance the way that it's influencing not just professional you, but personal you? Yeah, I am. I definitely am very conscious about how much I try to like the feeling that I get when I look at social media back in 2019, I actually read that book, digital minimalism. I don't know if you've ever read it. And I did it like I, I, it was before the summer and I was like, you know what? Like I just need to like totally have a hard reset. And I was not on, I did, I followed all the steps. I wasn't on social media. Like I wrote my friends and was like, if you want to write me something, you need to WhatsApp me, like send me the meme there. I won't see it. And it really transformed my relationship with it where like the social media that I brought back into my life was the one that truly enriched it. And that is for sure for me, I would say Twitter. Um, I've, my algorithm is really now like honed so perfectly that I get the news that I want. It doesn't make me feel sad. It makes me laugh. I, and I do like Instagram. Um, and so things that I'm mindful about, like I only get stories from people that I know or things that I really enjoy. So it's like, I've worked, I work really hard to just make it feel small enough where I'm not overwhelmed by it. I can open my phone up a couple times a day. I don't post as much as many stories or reels, um, just because I think it takes away from me being present, but I, I just try it, but I do enjoy watching everybody else's. So yeah, I think it's just the feeling that I get when I'm on it. And I hate feeling when you get sucked in and you're like, all right, what did I do today? As opposed to some social media, like you'll watch it and you're like, well, that was delightful. And then you put it away. So that's just the, the balance, trying to make it small and accept and like, just feel like a little cozy network as opposed to this giant galaxy. Yeah. And it is so easy, right? Like the, the algorithm is very, very savvy in terms of mm -hmm. keeping us there. Yes. And so I love what you say about like checking in, what is the feeling and being very aware of actually, this is not necessarily a feeling that I want just being sparked by, you know, my, my technology or by my phone. Is that the kind of conversation that you're having with students? Because, you know, I think for us, we didn't necessarily grow up yeah, with that power, right? And so even that idea of stop, pause, how is this making me feel? I, I think because we had that experience of not having it, right. that check-in might come to us a little bit more yeah. organically. Yeah, I definitely mentioned to it because I like to always, um, a conversation like uh, 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 that I have with my kids or like a weird kind of uh, icebreaker, it's like, describe to me your YouTube algorithm or your TikTok algorithm. Like what would be the first five videos that show up? And it's going to tell me about you. And so, you know, sometimes it's like really random stuff. Sometimes it seems like, oh, it's like sports or whatever. And yeah, I talk about like, oh, you know, just find, yeah, it's like, it's good to be on social media to find things that fill your bucket and make you a better human, just like you want to practice those things in life. And I told them, I'm like, I, I, there's no reason for you to have to be on social media for more than like five, 10 minutes at a time. But it's, I, yeah, I, I, I think the one part I haven't really been able to get a full understanding of is like the streaks on Snapchat. That's why they're always checking it. They're just like taking pictures of like the ceiling. And I, I don't know how, like that, whatever they did in like making those people feel really validated that they've gotten all this is it's genius, but it's also kind of empty. And so I do talk about that with my, my students. Just. Yeah. And, you know, of course, Snapchat's not the only organization to kind of oh, take yeah. advantage of that oh, as a yeah. manipulation strategy. So I'm even thinking of, you know, when is that strategy used? And it's sort of for our good. Like I'm thinking of, like, I, I know that you're a Peloton user yes. as well. Like that, 
it keeps me going. Oh, right? I know. Like, I, it totally, that's a good maybe yes. uh, manipulation for me. It definitely is. Oh, Peloton. Yes, I, I do love that app. And I think it's really transformed, yeah, how working out is. And just, there's so many great things. Like, I also think about Duolingo. I mean, yep. what they've done with language acquisition. And you know, their social media manager is a 24-year-old, like, young woman who, straight out of university, she was like, yo, you're really missing out on this. And through like comedy and being relatable and meeting people where they were. She's just taken that app to like this, the language app. I I love that you brought that up because that actually came up in an earlier episode when we were talking with a social media strategist named Andrea Jones. Mm -hmm. And we asked her, can you point us to, you know, a brand who you think is really using social media in such a savvy way. And that was exactly what she brought up. Yeah. So I, I did not know that sort of the person behind the wheel was 24 years old. That's, yeah. that's super interesting. Yeah. Her that's story very, is really, her name is um, Zaria Parvez. I, th- I hope I'm saying her name correctly. And yeah, this, it's, her story is just so fascinating. It's one that I actually tell my students as well to be like, look, like you guys can rewrite what it's like. You just have to like take what you know and she utilized, like she took the good of it, you know, and just made, yeah, brought it to a company and there it is. Yeah, I thank you very much. I'm going to look more into their story for sure. I want to just touch back on something that you mentioned, though, the idea of kind of experimenting or, or shifting up the way that you use social media. Mm-hmm. Years back, I was really fortunate to teach a course. It was like a course that the school made up. So we had lots of flexibility. It was called Digital Perspectives. Mm -hmm. And I took a full unit with students where we really just, we had a whole menu of different experiments. Like I drafted part of the menu. I solicited ideas for the menu from students. And we were going to take three weeks and just do something different with our social media. So Mm -hmm. an example was an app that's on your phone that you use all the time, you're going to delete it only for three weeks. You can put it back on there at the end if you would like. Um, There was another offering where it was, um, I am only going to communicate via emojis with a friend. And then another (laughs) one was like, for breakfast, I am going to three weeks solid have like, just tech-free breakfast and and try that out. So anyway, there were a whole bunch of other options. But it was really interesting how much we learned together just in let's break the routine up a little bit and see how that feels. So I'm wondering if you have any other examples of just like shifts or like alterations that you have made with your social media usage. Oh, that is. Or one that maybe coming, coming to the new year, just around the corner, or maybe one that you would like to take on. Um, I personally like, so I mean, I will fully admit as someone who loves TikTok, like I'm not on it. I have curated my Twitter and Instagram where there are amazing people that will take things off of TikTok and curate them together for me, this like, you know, nice elderly, um, elder millennial. (laughs) And it's exactly what I want to see. But I do want to get on there because I really feel like there's actually a lot of fun things that I want to be able to show my students and connect with them. But like in an educational, I'd be like, oh, like you can try to do this or showing what other students are making in the class and making them feel valued. So, so, but it's, I want to make sure that I don't fall down that like crazy algorithm that like, you know, you're for your page when you open it up. But yeah, I think, I think it would be really cool to create a TikTok page either for my class um, or just like for the school and just be like, all right, if we were going to make this like a legit, awesome TikTok 
to reach out to people, what is it, what does it look like? And giving the students the freedom to design the content we would make and how often would you post and what do people want to see? And being mindful about it, right, that it's a brand, it's an identity, it's not your personal life. And I think we could learn a lot around that and see how it goes. So that's a little bit of kind of what I've been thinking in the back of my mind. So it's from... Oh, that sounds... Yeah, it's me jumping into social media, not taking a step back. (laughs) Yeah, but doing it mindfully. And I I love that idea of just like testing and seeing, you know, this was the year that I got on TikTok. And it's really interesting. Like I do have this blend of stuff with my dog, (laughs) stuff with like the reading that I'm doing, the work that I'm doing. But of all of those videos, the ones, the one that actually has the most views is I caught a squirrel and a baby bunny in my backyard playing together. And of course, that was the one that was like super popular. (laughs) So um, again, I think there's like an interesting conversation to be had there. But I am thinking more and more about how conversations with TikTok with young folks are really important. There was uh, Pew Research that just came out that shows um, you know, there's a certain demographic where that is now their primary source of news. Oh, yeah. And so thinking about that and thinking about, well, it's not as though it's like a regulated news source. So what does that mean? And where are some of the valid experts, yes. right? Like I, I also really, really deeply love library talk and independent bookstore TikTok. Um, and there's some great content there. But of course, there's also, you know, I wanted to get on TikTok to see initially before my algorithm really got prescribed what's some of the content that was coming my way Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of really problematic content just coming out there so um i think it's a it's an interesting environment to explore to think about and to experiment with so um if you do that with students we would yeah definitely i will let you know how it goes yes Well, thank you so much for your time today and um, for giving us lots to think about in terms of the ways that we are talking about social media with the young people in our lives and the ways that we're thinking about our own engagement with it and what we want that to look like. So thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Always a pleasure.